Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, presented to you in part by MyBookie.ag. Yes, the UFC is back. International Soccer is back. NASCAR is now back. PGA Tour Golf is on the horizon. Their casino is open 24-7 at MyBookie, so use the promo code SGP and save up to $1,000 in deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag. The promo code is SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Here we are once more in the month of May. Thank you for tuning in wherever you have found us. Here on Three Dog Thursday, the only digital radio show that is traditionally, usually, devoted to those underdogs in college football, the NFL, college basketball, etc. Right now, we're still sidelined, at least for the time being, because sports have begun to gradually resume. There's more and more to be interested in, and we're obviously going to talk more about that as the show gets underway. I'm merely your somewhat capable host. It is week 11 since the whole shutdown of mid-March happened, social distancing, isolation, and yet now we've begun to open up some in a lot of states, including in West Central Florida here where I am, phase one or phase two of people resuming, going back out, uh, interacting uh, with others in businesses. Some other businesses have opened, jobs have opened back up to have employees back in their buildings, restaurants to have people back inside the restaurant, uh, those kind of things. And that's going to gradually lead to sports as well resuming we've already seen it some with the ufc uh, holding ultimate fighting cards without fans here in florida they're now going to fight this weekend in las vegas more on that with my guest brian edwards coming up straight ahead uh, here from majorwager.com he'll tell you more about the ufc fight nascar back underway with the races they've been having in their race schedule uh, including their big race in charlotte the coca-cola 600 the other night So some normalcy coming back there. We're also uh, anxious to see the golf get back. Wasn't it fun to watch? And I'll have more on this in a moment. Tiger, Phil, Peyton, Tom Brady, all involved in that celebrity two-person, two-team member match uh, that took place this past weekend at the Medalist Club down in South Florida. Even if you weren't a golf fan, you were gravitating at least to the highlights and the the guys being mic'd up and the, the trash talk and the banter back and forth. Professional golf will be resuming soon, here in a couple of weeks. Uh, We're going to be all over that as well. And then in the offing, it looks like hockey playoffs. What's going on with the NBA? Details on that in a few moments. And a special guest will talk more about that later on in the podcast. Grant Paulson and I will be talking hockey playoffs, basketball playoffs, after Brian Edwards and I talk about it. Uh, Grant from the Washington, D.C. area as a a five-day-a-week radio host on 106.7 The Fan. Has some great insights. I look forward to talking with him about this. 
Uh, And will we see a baseball season? So we have lots to talk about on that front, too. Reminder, however you found the show, from our friends at the Sports Gambling Podcast and their network, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows. Thank you for finding us, whether it was off of a link through their website off the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast feed. Go ahead and subscribe to this show. Find Three Dog Thursday on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. Spreaker, uh, go load up Three Dog Thursday, and we hope that you will because when you subscribe, the show comes automatically to you on Thursdays. Typically, usually I have gone on hiatus uh, by the time we get to the summer months because we have basically done away with all of the uh, the NFL and college football, as I mentioned, all the college basketball. Uh, but it, this is a unique circumstance, obviously, and I'm, I'm doing my best uh, to keep myself not only occupied, get with some great guests. Having, having been in the sports broadcasting business now for going on almost 30 years, I have a lot of great contacts everywhere to be able to talk with them on these different subjects. When will sports resume? What will it look like? What do you think? So I'm going to rock along. That's my pledge to you here. So subscribe to the show, and on Thursdays when it's out, you'll get a brand new Three Dog Thursday. And the good news is, again, we'll start talking some of the odds on the golf, on the hockey, on the basketball. Will we ever get the baseball back, et cetera, et cetera, while we go through the summer months here on Three Dog Thursday. That's my pledge. I'll be here. So subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Subscribe, and the show comes automatically to you with no effort. And if you get the chance, subscribe and rate and review. As I've made mention a couple of times in recent weeks, I'll say it again here, several of you, more than a handful on the different platforms, on iTunes, on on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and other places have been rating and reviewing. Keep doing that. Thank you and keep doing that because more and more people are going to find the podcast. Spread the word, spread the social media links, subscribe, and thank you for finding me here as part of Three Dog Thursday. So before we get to Brian Edwards and Grant Paulson, as our guests on this edition of the show, some comments here from the host. Uh, I, I know that not everybody's a golf fan. Uh, I get that. I am a huge golf fan. I am anxious for the PGA Tour to resume, uh, for all of the activity to resume around all of the uh, the big events, and they're, they're going to delay but play the United States Open later in the year, the Masters later in the year, even the Ryder Cup. Can fans be there, at least in part? We'll wait to see if that is the case. Uh, anxious about that, so let's see. Let's see if the you know if and when the golf on the PGA Tour gets going. But what a taste we got in a unique match play two person team event: Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady last weekend. TNT Cable, bravo, TJ Ovation, bravo for the job that you guys did uh, with the production of that through T- Turner Sports uh, and, and all the uh, all the different. Uh, producers, directors, camera people, technicians, uh, those grips and people that were helping out in the pouring down rain because that was a great four hours of entertainment Sunday afternoon and Sunday evening Eastern and Central time uh, there to watch all of that unfold. Uh, the ribbing back and forth, the banter back and forth, Peyton Manning kind of trying to steal the show with some of his stories, Phil very talkative, Tiger not so much, Tom Brady maybe even more icy and quiet than Tiger, and boy, oh boy, my new Buccaneer quarterback obviously has not been playing a lot of golf since coming to Tampa Bay because he was spraying it all over the yard, as we like to say. How many unplayable shots did Tom Brady end up with on those first six holes? He looked like you and me out there trying to hit it with Tiger and Phil and Peyton Manning. 
And then he got it together with a great shot on number seven. Yeah, the PGA Tour pros, they plan on putting it on the green, putting the spin on it, backing it up to the hole. I don't know how much Tom Brady planned on trying to spin it towards the hole, but it certainly worked out for the shot of the day. The shot right now maybe of quarantine uh, for, for any sport that's been replayed millions and millions of time, times on the internet and social media, him backing that ball in on the seventh hole. That's the shot that we're going to remember. I know Peyton very nearly had an ace later on on the 17th hole uh, on the par three. Uh, when Russell Wilson was donating the 100,000 meals to the needy families and Peyton very nearly made the hole-in-one. So you had some great moments and and the ribbing and the banter back and forth and they raised $20 million with the sponsors and the donations for COVID relief, for small businesses, for different kids' programs. Great stuff and I look forward to seeing it again. They're already speculating, will Michael Jordan be involved in the next one? Might Steph Curry uh, be involved uh, to have fun with the ribbing back and forth. We know Charles Barkley won't. He has the, the ugly golf swing. Is Tony Romo maybe a guy that gets into the mix in the offseason when you're talking former football, former basketball? For, would they ask John Smoltz, who's got the high-profile gig on Fox Sports with uh, Joe Buck and on MLB Network working the baseball and the playoffs? And John's a fantastic golfer. I've had the, the privilege of being around him. Uh, he's a scratch golfer. He, he is a guy that can really play. I can assure you if John Smoltz steps out there unlike Peyton Manning and and Tom Brady you're not going to see the first few drives spraying 50 yards wide left of the fairway into the jungle or 50 yards wide to the right Uh, it was a bit of a struggle for those guys but they finally did loosen up and get it together some that was a lot of fun with the golf and let's hope that it starts to bring sports back some to unify us again the NASCAR has been going we've got UFC we've got boxing coming and then we've got the other team sports looking to line up and we're going to spend a lot of time on this let me say a couple things up front here I'm surprised the NBA when when Adam Silver uh, was basically putting it out there. We're willing to be trailblazers and leaders. We're ready to go with the finish either to our regular season and or just the postseason. And he was saying this back in April. I understand it's a fluid situation and you're trying to figure out when can we safely and reasonably resume. I get that. But how does the NBA not have the plan enough ready to go where we're going to be playing games in the middle of Jan- of June? Uh, I don't understand that. I don't, I don't understand what's going to take till July. I get that you had to wait until things began to open up, but things have begun to open up last week and this week. So they've, they've begun to slowly allow things to happen at their facilities. Yes, testing is a big part of this. You don't want to spread the virus among teammates like what you had with the Utah Jazz or workers to teams, teams to the workers who spread it in the community. I get the testing is a big component. But if the NBA is going to wait until July, mid-July, August to try to resume, and they're going to do so on top of the football season, to me, that is an opportunity missed. And we'll talk with our guests uh, much more about that uh, in a little bit. And also here, the baseball situation. Again, it's fluid. And at the time we're talking, it looks bleak that they may not play. I believe they eventually will get something resolved. But I'm going to be adamant about this. I've said this in other interviews in other places. Do not fall for the owners crying poor here. Do not fall into the trap of believing the owners and siding with the owners. The baseball owners in particular have been the worst for all time about lying about losing money. The baseball owners robbed you as the fan base, if you're old enough to remember this, and we'll talk with Grant Paulson and Brian Edwards both about this. They robbed you of the 94 World Series 
because they basically said to the baseball players, uh, uh, accept the new deal that has a salary cap or we're not playing and we won't play the postseason and we won't play the World Series. They killed the World Series for the first time in baseball ever when it was not involved with a world war. Let me say that again. The owners killed it in 94. Then the owners wanted to play with replacement players in 95 when there still wasn't a deal. They didn't want to negotiate in good faith. They wanted to ram their idea of a salary cap down the players' throats, and it backfired completely. They lost in court, and how about they lost in New York federal court to now Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. She's the one that very famously ruled against the owners and said, "Uh uh-uh, no, 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 no. You don't just get to arbitrarily declare that you're going to have a salary cap when you've been collective bargaining for everything for the last 30 or 40 years. You're acting in bad faith. You are wrong, and voila. She slammed them in a court order. The players were back. There was no salary cap. The distrust and the mistrust has been there. And if, and we're going to talk about this more with a guest coming up here on Three Dog Thursday. If the owners want to go back on their deal that they already agreed to with the players, which is prorated money for the number of games played, you're going to play for a prorated salary. It's the owners who are wanting to change this. And I believe the players should be proactive in saying to the fans, we want to play and we want to play for a prorated version of what we are owed. And the owners think less of playing and having you entertained They think more of how much money can we rob from the players? And can we institute something that looks like a salary cap right now in 2020 and use that as negotiating leverage if the players go along with it? Again, I realize when we start talking big money and finance, people's eyes glaze over. No one, including me, is trying to say that this is more important than 40 million people being on unemployment. It's horrible. It's economically crippling the country right now that we have much larger financial problems than what kind of money can the players get from baseball or are the greedy owners going to keep more of it. I get that. But I again say to you, the audience here on Three Dog Thursday, do not side with the owners in baseball crying about this and not having a deal. They don't deserve it. They robbed you as a collective group of the World Series previously trying to do this. So they are the ones putting you in danger of not having any baseball. But I believe we'll get some. They'll get some agreement and we'll get some by July. Let's find out. I'll be optimistic. I've been optimistic about a lot of this stuff in the face of a lot of doom and gloom and people saying, we're not going to have college football. Kirk Herbstreet, again, March 27th. From what I'm hearing, we're not going to have college football. He tweeted out, "Uh, wrong, wrong. You should be apologizing every day from now until September about making decisions about the college football season for August, September, and October on March the 27th. For anybody that was suggesting in March and early April, we're not going to resume, we're not going to have some confidence that when it's reasonable we can get back, you were wrong. You were wrong to continue to spread fear needlessly. There we go. I'm off my soapbox again for another week on that on Three Dog Thursday. Let's get to our guest. Brian Edwards is straight ahead. Grant Paulson in a little bit as we mix it all up on all these subjects uh, here as part of Three Dog Thursday. Man, I cannot believe we're almost done with the month of May and we have sports starting to emerge whether it is uh, the golf that will be here soon, the NASCAR that's ongoing, UFC's been holding fights, including the latest UFC pay-per-view is coming this Saturday. 
And we'll talk more about that and a lot of other subjects with my man Brian Edwards of Vegas Insider and MajorWager.com. Good to have you back with me here. We're starting to see some sports. We're going to get into that a little bit more. How are you feeling here? Is uh, week 11 of all the social distancing and the isolating has now seen people start to venture out, etc. How are you doing? How are you holding up? Uh, I'm holding up great um, and excited that you know we got some sports on the horizon and and some. Uh, sorry to to correct you here, but uh, UFC's not pay per view this weekend, which is good. Which is good. It's all for free on ESPN. Uh, on Saturday, I've got uh, an underdog, or actually two picks with underdog odds for you here shortly. All and right. uh, looks like all kinds of optimism with football, and we've got some quarterback rankings to discuss for college. No doubt. I have you here to keep me straight on all things, including the uh, including the UFC. All right, so I had some fun just at the beginning of the segment. I mean, we saw the celebrity uh, golf a uh, tandem match between Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson. As I joked earlier, it was rather obvious on the first few holes that whatever Tom Brady's been doing since coming to Tampa and signing as a Buccaneer, it was not playing golf at any of the local tracks, at any of the golf courses, because he was struggling. But then he ends up hitting the shot that everybody's going to talk about on the seventh hole. We've seen the, the replay, Brian, 57,000 times of that ball backing up and going in the hole. So he always seems to be clutch. Even after he ripped his pants, he always seems to be clutch, Tom Brady. So they raised $20 million for charity. They had over 6 million people watching. So this was just fun stuff, and it just shows just in general terms how starved we are, whether it's UFC, NASCAR, that celebrity golf match event, to get some sports back, right? Yeah, great on them for making the money for charity. Good for the Bucks that Brady has not been on the golf course very often, and yet you see him coming up large when Barkley starts talking trash to him. He uh, he holds that shot that he just spoke oh. of. So, uh, I think you're feeling good if you're Bucks. As as uh, more than one person pointed out, what's more humiliating: the bad shots on national TV or Charles Barkley critiquing the bad shots with his bad, notorious. Uh, famously bad golf swing, but then again, uh, again, again, the one shot they're going to show over and over and over again for weeks, months, whatever to come is him uh, with that hole out, and it was uh, it was great to see those guys back out there, and they may th- they may do this again. MJ might be involved, Michael Jordan, they might get Steph Curry involved at some point in another one of these. Uh, we'll see with Phil and Tiger, but the golf guys are going to get busy uh, coming up here soon enough. Hey, uh, interesting, the NHL did announce, sort of, that they're coming back. They think, Brian, maybe, can you tell the sarcasm in my voice, they hope that at some point in July, nothing definitive, they're going to come back with 24 teams playing a postseason uh, that's only, what, seven less teams than what they have in the entire league. They, they, they maybe should have contemplated just letting all 31 teams play in the postseason. So I'm a right? bit surprised that hockey is coming back. Bef- uh, the NBA hasn't announced what they're doing, and it appears that hockey may be ready to be back before the NBA. We don't know if baseball can get this solved and can get back on the baseball field before July. Brian, what do we make of this that hockey went first? I thought for sure the NBA would be first with a playoff plan. This is what we're doing, uh, whether we're coming to Vegas and Orlando or just Orlando, and yet the NBA at the time we're taping continues to wait. Well, you know, I, I like, you know, NHL is obviously way less popular and kind of like we've been 
talking about in terms of boxing needs to get in the mix because UFC's taking advantage. So I props to the NHL, but I don't know, you know, when you're dealing with more teams in the playoffs, 24, <laughs> I mean, I like the sounds of it, but if, you know, if guys start testing positive, right. Um, I don't know if it's going to work. I mean, if it, if it works great, I love it, but I would think, you know, and you've got Damian Lillard, what he said. You know, it makes me just think we need fewer teams rather than more. But if it ends up working, props to NHL. And I get them wanting to get out in front because if NHL is playing two weeks before NBA, NHL is going to have some of its best ratings in a long time, if not ever, um, especially with the gambling angle. Bingo. And, um, Bingo. As far as, as, far as, far as MLB, man, I mean, didn't they lose enough fans? With the steroids, the '94 strike, yep. and and now they're being more greedy. Uh, just come on, guys, get get it. Well, and they have the toughest stuff. challenge because they're trying to play 80 something games with their 30 teams before they ever play a postseason. We'll see again if they can get it figured out. Uh, you would have thought they would have a plan right now and would maybe be back to regular season baseball in June. That looks like it's not going to happen unless something amazing fast-tracks this. They're not going to be playing Major League Baseball until at least late June or July, and you're going to start running out of days. You're going to be talking about an 80-game schedule. Uh, we'll see what happens on that. You mentioned Damian Lillard, uh, and, and we should just emphasize, Lillard is saying, because Portland is out of the playoff chase, if they resume the regular season but without all the regular season games, where Portland would have a legitimate chance in 16 or 17 games to get in the playoffs, his thing is, what are we doing? Why am I risking coronavirus to play four or five regular season games? I, I just, I'm of the belief, I want your opinion, they should declare the regular season over. We stopped, it's been stopped for 11 weeks, it's going to be stopped for at least 14 or 15 weeks probably before they resume. Just say the regular <clears throat> season is over and proceed with 16 playoff teams because we've discussed before, Brian, it's pretty clean on who the eighth team is in each conference. It's pretty, it's pretty clean on who the first and the second teams are. Just go play the playoffs, right? Do we still agree? Yeah, and, you know, we went over that um, several or like three or four weeks ago. We looked at the standings. I'm trying to get there now. There was maybe like one or two scenarios where I was like, you know, you could play a play-in game or a best out of three. But, yeah, the fewer teams, the better, and the less chaos it'll be uh, in terms of, you know, guys testing positive, giving guys more opportunities to to get it and test positive. So, um I forget I forget what the scenarios were on the standings, but <clears throat> there was only one or two that weren't clear cut, and you can have a best out of three with those teams or a, a play in game, and there you go. Well, so, yeah, and and worth noting, it's clean for the eighth and final playoff spot if you have stopped the regular season and you're playing no more games. It's not like it's a tie for the final playoff spots. And again, I believe this is the case without looking at it directly in front of me. One and two in both the East and the West are both clean. There's a definitive one seed and a definitive two seed. Yeah. And then just figure out the rest. In the middle with tiebreakers, which you can do, set the matchups, let's go. They didn't ask me, but I, I'm really I'm surprised uh, here at this point because just one more time, you can't, from an integrity standpoint, you can't resume the season and not play the rest of the regular season games. Now you are being unfair to the team that's ninth or 10th in trying to battle to get into the eighth spot, or if you're in the middle, in the mix, and you're trying to get, battle for a better seed, 
uh, to, to play a lesser team, you can't just play three or four regular season games. You would have to play all of them, I believe. And that's crazy, yeah, and, crazy. Yeah, and I've got the standings in front of me now. And, yes, the one and two, it's clear cut. It's a five-and-a-half game difference and a six-and-a-half game difference. And then on the eighth seed, Orlando is up five-and-a-half on Washington and Memphis is up three and a half on Portland. So, so there you go. Got it. it just there you seems go. to be these 16 teams in the order that they are now, and that's that, um, whatever the tiebreaker is with OKC and Houston are both 40 and 24. Um, and if there's no tiebreaker, let them play one game to decide who's fifth and sixth. Uh, we agree. We've solved this for Adam Silver and the NBA. Let's go. Let's play some playoff games this summer. It's not that hard. So now we're making the easier stuff complicated. Now, now, what, what do we do with the complicated stuff? If we've made the easy stuff complicated, he just tries to simplify it. He's Brian Edwards, Vegas Insider, Major Wager. Follow him at Vegas B Edwards on social media. Find him at MajorWager.com, where you, young man, to segue. Never too soon to talk college football and enough college football. Uh, the last couple of years, there have been a boatload of quarterbacks going the first round of the NFL draft. It's a prominent, popular position, really, in all of sports, especially college quarterbacks that can be drafted. So you came out with your 2020 early quarterback rankings for this upcoming season uh, and listed those at MajorWager.com. We encourage the audience to find all 20. I don't think it's going to surprise anybody. You have Trevor Lawrence of Clemson, one. Uh, you have Justin Fields of Ohio State, two. So the, that and that's going to be on most people's list as either one or two in, in either order, either Lawrence Fields, Fields, Lawrence. Take me through, though, after that, your top uh, five, your next three after that, and why. What do you like, Brian Edwards? All right, so Sam Ellinger at three. I like his experience, his 68-22 to 22 TDI&T ratio. He's already second in Texas history in career passing yards and also has run for more than 1,500 yards and 25 uh, touchdowns on the ground. Then I went Sam Howell. What a freshman uh, season he had with a 38-7 to TDINT ratio. Number five is like the only one I've kind of gotten a, a few criticisms on, just via Twitter or whatever, uh, Tanner Morgan. But, um Man, he was 66% completion percentage last year, led Minnesota to a great season, 30-7 to 7 TDINT ratio. Then I went with uh, Keaton Slovis at USC, another uh, freshman that was terrific, like Howell and like Jaden Daniels, who I have at number eight. I have Kyle Trask uh, from Florida at seven, Ian Book at nine. Book's had a, a hell of a career, more than 1,000 career rushing yards, 57-17 to 17 career TDINT ratio. Then I went with Derek King at 10. I thought he made a poor choice in Miami um, as a school, but uh, obviously was a great player at Houston, 36-6 to mm. TDI and ratio in 2018, along with 14 rushing touchdowns, and there's my top 10. All right, so let's back up to the top. Uh, Erlinger of Texas uh, obviously has a lot of experience coming back, although they faltered some last year. So that's that's interesting. And Tom Herman under some fire there. He's a quarterback guru. Let's see what he looks like. But I know you're very high on Sam Howell. You were telling us earlier here during all the mayhem and the shutdown, you're high on Howell as a dark horse Heisman candidate as well because you like North Carolina's schedule and the chance for them to win a bunch of football games. What about him? Yeah, and I, and I like them to win that weak uh, side of the ACC with uh, Miami, Pitt, Duke, 
etc. I'm a big Sam Howell fan. I mean, all their losses last year were one possession games. I mean, they lost by three to App State, by one to Clemson, four overtimes at Virginia Tech. I mean, they could have easily been a 10-win team last year, and I think they may well be uh, this year. And, um, yeah, and Jaden Daniels, uh, just a great freshman year. Herm Edwards, kind of like Mac Brown with Howell, you know, handing the keys to a true freshman last year, getting rewarded 17-2 TDI and T ratio. So Arizona State or in USC and Sam Howell at Carolina, three sophomores that I don't expect to have sophomore slumps. Yeah, Keaton Slovis was outstanding coming on for USC. But again, uh, Clay Helton, who's an offensive mind and a quarterback guy, he's embattled as the coach. I love Jaden Daniels, and they, and they cost Oregon a shot at the college football playoff with that late season win, and he played brilliantly. Uh, and he is so fresh-faced, so young. Look, I mean, J- Jaden Jaden Daniels looks like he's maybe sixteen when you're out there. Now maybe he's aged some since last season, but when you're watching baby-faced uh, assassin out there throwing those passes in the Pac-12 uh, in Tempe, so I love that. And you're not high on Derek King, who is the former Houston quarterback who could have transferred numerous places. I love him uh, with the wheels as well as being able to throw the ball. You don't think he's going to help? Miami, you don't think they're going to be much better on offense uh, with him, with the mess that Miami had offensively last year in Manny Diaz's first year? No, he was going to help them a lot. I just think that I, I think of so many more programs that wanted him are set up to be more successful in 2020 than Miami. But, yeah, he'll certainly help them, uh, no doubt about it. I just don't know what their, their ceiling compared to some other programs he could have gone to their ceiling's not as high. And to go back to Jaden Daniels, that uh, double-digit home underdog spot against fifth-ranked Oregon at the time, uh, 22 of 32, 408 yards, three touchdowns without an interception. Last five games last year, nine touchdowns without an interception. And, uh, yeah, so Miami, yeah, he'll, he'll help, King will help them. I just think he could have gone to a place where the team and the teammates would help him more so. Hey, by the way, as we talk with Brian Edwards about his quarterback list at MajorWager.com of the uh, incoming uh, same class or even new quarterbacks of 2020, the guys to keep an eye on for the 2020 season, we should mention, Mr. Vegas B. Edwards, you and I were both on, I'm looking at my notes, we were both on Arizona State in that game with Oregon, that Saturday night game late season in Tempe where they upset the Ducks, getting the 10 points. So we had belief in Daniels and Herm Edwards and uh, it always seems they put together one magical game or two in Sun Devil Stadium every year. Uh, one other name, speaking of Pac-12, you were high on this before. We hadn't mentioned his name yet. The Stanford transfer, K.J. Costello, coming to Mississippi State. In the blur of everything, uh, people may not remember that the, the mad scientist Mike Leach has left uh, Wazoo, Washington State. He has come east to the SEC, to the cowbell capital of the South, Mississippi State, and they ring those cowbells. And he's bringing K.J. Costello, the quarterback from Stanford, with him. And I know you're high on Ca- Costello throwing the ball a ton in Mike Leach's offense. You've got him ranked 12th in your rankings, but you've been high on that ever since that transfer move was announced. Yeah, no doubt. He was second team all Pac-12 last year, but then in week one, uh, got a concussion, uh, wasn't able to come back for like, uh, I think late September, early October. Then he hurt his hand. So last year was just a, a terrible year for him injury-wise. And he goes from a, a run-happy, run-first 
David Shaw offense to the most pass-first, pass-happy offense that you can find in the country. I think it'll do wonders for him and his pro uh, stock, and I think he'll have a very solid year for Mississippi State, who will clip somebody big this year. I don't know who it's going to be, whether it's you know LSU, A&M, uh, Alabama. I'm not looking at their schedule right in front of me. If they've got a, a big opponent from the East, they will pull a big upset this year over somebody. And one thing is for sure, K.J. Costello better start icing his arm now because he's never thrown the ball in games as many times as he's going to throw it. Uh, even in the first few games at Mississippi State, with all things being equal, uh, it, it is not uncommon 60, 65 pass attempts in a game. Get ready uh, for that with the offense. Again, get the full list of Brian's breakdown of the QBs and why. Send him all your hate uh, there at MajorWager.com for why he doesn't have your quarterback. He's got Brady White of my Memphis Tigers, number 13, unlucky 13. I don't know how I feel about that in his QB rankings. Go to MajorWager.com and check that out. I know you got a roll here in a moment or two we do as well UFC the latest fight card is coming and this one not in Florida where they fought three times in a week a couple of weeks ago they now have moved where Brian this is Vegas right this is not the fight island this is in Vegas tell me more about the card and a couple of things to watch for for the ultimate fighting yeah so they're at the apex center so they're not in a huge arena the apex center is where they film the ultimate fighter and dana white's tuesday night contender series and it's like on the ufc campus uh in vegas so uh gilbert burns is facing former welterweight champion tyron woodley in the main event and i like gilbert burns who is four and zero in the ufc in the welterweight division he's 11 and three overall he spent more of his uh, UFC tenure uh, down at lightweight, but his last three fights have been at welterweight. He's on a five-fight winning streak. He's a plus-160 underdog here. We've got Woodley, who has not fought in 14 months, uh, when he w- and that's when he got dominated and lost his belt. And Woodley is 38. Um, he's only fought twice since the summer of 17. He spent most of his title reign often injured and toward the end, he was doing commercials. He was in a movie in Hollywood. He made a rap video. He was just, and I'm not knocking for it, make your money, my man. But he was doing a lot. Of, <laughs> there were a lot of side projects going on. And at the age of 38, I think he's washed up. I think Burns wins. And then my other plus money play, the co-main event, a couple of heavyweights. And Blagoy Ivanov has gone the distance in all four of his UFC fights. He's got a great chin. And so that's why we are able to get the under two and a half rounds at plus 160 odds. But they both have uh, knockout power, and it's a smaller play than the Burns play. And um, just the heavyweights are normally one and a half rounds on over-under. So with two and a half rounds and big plus money, I'm going to take a shot. Somebody gets knocked out with the big boys in the octagon. Mm, All right. So that is coming on UFC. And again, as you uh, corrected me, it will be on ESPN. No additional ESPN plus or pay-per-view needed to see that. And we're just, hey, we're excited to talk whether it's UFC, the NASCAR uh, back uh, in Charlotte. They're getting back to their race schedule. The golf will be here soon enough. 
Uh, other sports starting to resume again when it is reasonable for this and using the social distancing and the guidelines. And like you said earlier, what do you do if somebody tests positive? Uh, I, I think it is uh, fascinating that to this point, no one in NASCAR that we that we've been told or know of uh, with a coronavirus positive test. We had the one fighter in UFC a couple of weeks ago, but they were ready for it. They dealt with it. You're going to have to be ready for it, whether you're talking about the PGA Tour resuming the hockey playoffs. What do we do if somebody tests positive in and around one of these teams or one of these events? Uh, and then just proceed on with whatever the policy or the plan is as best you can. So there we go uh, with all of this. Promote one more time where we can read all of your stuff. Love your insight. Love hearing you. Tell them more, Brian Edwards, about where they can find you. Uh, you follow me on Twitter at Vegas B. Edwards is the handle. Uh, MajorWager.com. The, also a Twitter handle there at MajorWagerUno. U-N-O. And VegasInsider.com uh, is where my UFC pick pack will be on Saturday. And I think that about covers it, my man. Thanks for having me and have a great week. Happy wrap-up to May. Brian Edwards, thank you. Be well. We'll see what happens. We'll talk to you next week. My man. Coming up straight ahead, Grant Paulson will be with me from 106.7 The Fan, midday host five days a week in Washington, D.C. We're talking about the resumption of the hockey season, the Washington Capitals. Want to know all about that for the playoffs? Will we have a baseball season for the defending champs? The Washington Nationals will run it all by Grant in just a little bit. For the time being right now, we're brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. Whether you're down on your luck or you're just down because you're stuck, you can find some relief with MyBookie, and there's never a quarantine on the fun. Whether it's MMA, whether it's NASCAR, whether it's the golf starting up and soon to be hockey playoffs, basketball, they've even got new blackjack tournaments that are starting every week offering opportunities to enter for free and score a portion of those huge jackpots. So uh, bet on everything. Uh, international soccer, uh, if you like. Whatever the case is when sports resumes, uh, you can stay safe, you can stay home and from the comfort of your home, sign up at mybookie.ag Use the promo code SGP for Sports Gambling Podcast. SGP. They'll match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. So if you put 100 bucks in, they're going to put 50 in. You put 500 bucks in, they'll put $250 in. They've got the halfway match going right now with that promo code SGP. With my bookie, you bet. You win, you most importantly get paid. It's mybookie.ag. The promo code is SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. Well, I have been looking forward to getting the opportunity to catch up with this guy, and it has been far too long since uh, I have had the chance to talk with Grant Paulson, who does a tremendous job with the Grant and Danny Show weekday afternoons in the Washington, D.C. market uh, over the year on 106.7 The Fan. 
If you are familiar at all with Redskins and Capitals coverage pre- and post-game on TV, on NBC uh, Sports Network there in Washington, uh, the Comcast NBC Sports Washington affiliate, you see this young man. I say young man, but he's now, he's he used to be the young Jedi, I would call him all the time when I was working with him on XM and Sirius XM. He's now full-fledged Jedi. He is ready to take me out with a lightsaber. <laughs> He is Grant Paulson with me on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Thank you for doing this, and I'm looking forward to, to reminiscing a bit, catching up on everything. How you been? Great, TJ. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, it has been a long time. It's great to be on the air with you again. It's been far too long, but I was I was thinking when we uh, reconvened and started chatting again about our, our conversations <laughs> back in the day and some of the subjects and the material back in I don't even know, 07, 08, 07, probably, 08. And so, and so at that yeah. time, Grant's a teenager and and, and, a, and an obvious up-and-coming star. We could all see it. But we also had to behave because mom and dad could be listening, and we were a little <laughs> underage at times. But now, now you're married, you have a kid, you're like a grizzled veteran of the business. I'm going to be working for you at some point, young Jedi, now a Jedi. I don't know. I don't know. I, I am lucky, though, in that uh, I'm still chugging along and have had some great opportunities and uh, find myself now in Washington, D.C., having carved out a, a foothold in the ability day in and day out to, to talk about the sports teams I grew up watching and cheering for and caring about. And then in my personal life, yeah, when when we were on the air together doing shows and th- segments, and as you said, I was in school. I was just turning 19, 20 years old. But now <laughs> I'm married with a kid and living in northern Virginia. So it, it, it is great to cannot, catch up, and it is weird how quickly time flies. I cannot believe the young Jedi has a little baby. So, okay, fun one, because we're all dealing with social distancing, isolation. You've got a 14- or 15-month-old, right, girl in the house. What has that been like, daddy-daughter bonding time, because, I mean, we're all having to adjust to the kids being around the house. I can only imagine if I had my twins, uh, my, my wife had the, had the hardest part, but if, if we had the twins around the house nonstop for 10 or 11 weeks, holy smokes. But what has it been like? Are you hanging in there? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, my wife does the heavy lifting, so I give her the credit because I'm on air still every day from the house. So <laughs> we've got a little running bit on the show as to how often you hear the baby or the dog right. barking or something like that between me and my co-host. But yeah, I'll tell you the, the blessing in this whole thing really has been how much I've been home around the baby at you know such a really neat time in her development, because normally with all the gigs between the, the hockey pre and post and football coverage and, and all the different things I'm doing, I'm out of the house most nights and doing some type of broadcasting. And by being essentially quarantined to now for a couple of months and even doing the show from the house, I've never been around my wife more. I've never been around the baby more than I have over the last nine weeks or so. And it's at a time where she's taking her first steps and she's learning words. And it has been wonderful for us. Specific to your question, though, like how are we getting by? I mean, the answer would be we're playing the Baby Shark song like a million times a day on Alexa. A lot of puppy dog pals, which she absolutely loves, uh, the theme song that she dances to. She still isn't old enough where she'll actually sit down and like watch a, a TV show. Like she, she gives you like a minute or two, and then she's on to the next thing. But she loves just going over, pointing at the Alexa, you know, making a sound. I know what she wants, and then we've got three songs. It's it's Puppy Dog Pals, it's the Baby Shark song, and and the Elmo Slide. And those are the three songs she wants to hear pretty much on a loop. So I could 
recite those for you if you wanted to lose uh, all your I, listeners. I love it, and I, I often say this, especially to new parents, things that you never thought you would be listening to, much less repeatedly listening to <laughs> day after day after day that are ingrained. And you just remind her later in life when she's much older about these times, this is a crazy time in 2020, that, hey, I don't want to hear about give me the keys to the car or can you, you know, money or what. I had to play the Baby Shark song 57 times a day to get you to calm down. So I don't want to hear it. Um, No doubt. All good with Grant Paulson here with me. All right. So natural segue, because you mentioned the Washington Capitals, obviously, uh, the hockey announcement has come during this week before Three Dog Thursday is out. Whatever that announcement actually is, we we intend to play again. We're not sure when. We're not sure where. We're going to have 24 teams be alive in the postseason. That includes the Capitals, your Capitals. That includes my Tampa Bay Lightning. I guess the first thing, let's start there. What do you make of what Bettman, the NHL, the Players Association came up with? Are you fine with 24 teams still being alive? And this may take like two, two and a half months or more to play out. Parts unknown, time frame unknown later in the summer, Grant. What about it? So I feel great about it. First of all, anything is better than nothing. I am in the camp that whatever you give me, I'm going to devour like some starving, ravenous beast who's been wandering around in the desert for months <laughs> on end now. So, yeah, I mean, everything, everything on top of just getting sports back to me is style points, right? The, the nuanced things that I don't like about this and we can get into them. Uh, whatever. I mean, you give me 24 teams or if all 31 came back and they had a tournament that started immediately – I'd be fine with that, too. Uh, As far as what they've actually proposed, I dig the idea of the four teams, including you mentioned Tampa Bay and and Washington in the east with Philly and with Boston as the elite four. Out west, obviously, they're one through four seats, having a round-robin tournament to determine seating going into the playoffs. Because my initial concern was when I heard they'd separate the top four teams, and I thought they had to do something for the elite of the elite to kind of get them into the next round to have made the regular season matter a little more. I thought you might lose the ability to have them ready to go for that first matchup with the team that comes out of the uh, bracket while they were waiting. And so I thought that'd be unfair to Tampa, to Boston, to Philly, to Washington in the East as an example. So I like the round robin idea for seeding that will give them the chance to get up to speed. That'll be there. Uh, it won't be an exhibition by any means. It'll be meaningful games, but they're ramp up, so to speak, so that when they then get the winners of those eight teams that are playing to move along to have the right to play them in what will be called, I suppose, the second round, uh, that I think they'll be ready to go. So that was my big concern. The thing I care the most about now, though, TJ, I'll be honest with you, I think it's really critical for Gary Bettman and the National Hockey League to figure out a way to make sure that these series are long enough, ideally seven-game series, that let's just use Tampa Bay or Washington as an example. If they're playing teams like the Hurricanes or the Rangers or something like that, that this isn't a five-game series to the point where they lose that first game and all of a sudden they're in trouble, and a team who wasn't nearly as good all regular season long and in most cases wouldn't have even made the playoffs has the really good club with their backs against the wall. And I just think that's important for legitimacy credibility if you're going to be dolling out this Stanley Cup. 
Yeah, and uh, he was basically laying out in that 15-minute-long seminar on what they're doing that was everywhere yesterday online at the time we're taping. They haven't really decided, is is it going to be in these 5 uh, through 12 first-round matchups? Is that going to be best of five? It looks like it, but it seemed there was some flexibility. It may be best of five. It may be best of seven after that, so it's still up in the air. Uh, and and nobody stung more than the Lightning and their fans last year with the with the best regular season in league history, and yet couldn't win a game. Lost the first two at home to Columbus and couldn't win a game off Columbus and got beat in four straight, incredibly, and swept. Uh, where John Tortorella, the former coach of the Lightning, uh, coaching Columbus, just absolutely uh, coached John Cooper into knots uh, and and stuffed him in a garbage can and closed the lid over four games. So that that was even a four game uh, sweep where you were you were mind boggled that they couldn't get a game off of him. So we'll see. I, I, it's it's such a fluid situation. The thing that puzzles me one more, and then we'll move off of hockey is why are they not ready to go, and I understand some of its logistics, a little earlier than mid-July maybe, and he and he even alluded to it maybe later in July before this starts, because the danger is they're going to go while the football season is going on trying to play their playoffs. So that I'm just a little puzzled by that. What's your thought real quick, Grant? Yeah, I was surprised by that as well, but I think they're at a point now where things like trying not to go head-to-head with the NFL is is way less relevant than it would have been before. I just don't think they feel like they can pull this off earlier. I mean, remember that they still have a ton of hurdles to clear and obstacles to work around. They still are going to have to. The reporting I saw within the last 24 hours is – you know, secure and know the ability going in that they're going to be able to get twenty-five to 30,000 tests total from start to finish for all the employees and staffers and players from the beginning to the end. I mean, that is an astronomical number. I can't imagine as of this moment that they know exactly how and where all those tests are coming from, number one. Number two, they haven't quite determined the hub cities. Part of that could be that maybe the cities that they want to hold the, the tournaments in either aren't ready to do that yet because the cases for COVID-19 haven't come down enough, or perhaps you've seen New Jersey and some other places in the last couple of days now saying professional sports can return. Maybe they know that that'll be the case by July, but it hadn't happened yet. Right. And then there's the obviously getting guys back into the country, right? A lot of these guys, I just know from tracking the capitals like I do locally, you got Lars Eller back in Denmark and you got guys in Sweden. Canada's easy, but there are players throughout Europe. Alex Ovechkin and his wife just welcomed a new baby today. So I think you've got a lot of guys you got to get back. You've got to then start training. Remember, phase two is not even training camp. Phase two is getting a couple of guys together at a time, a handful of players in basically groups to the facilities just to work out. And then phase three would actually be skating and practicing, which is several weeks away. So I think they don't want to bite off more than they can chew. They want to do this incrementally in kind of quadrants of their plan so that if they have to stop and break things down at any point, they're able to reboot without losing all their progress. Love the inside of this man, uh, the Jedi, not the young Jedi anymore. Grant Paulson, you hear him on 106.7 The Fan uh, weekdays. Uh, 10 to 2 Eastern Time, the Grant and Danny show on that one. You also see him on the coverage on NBC Sports Washington of Caps and Redskins, pregame, postgame. You hear him as well on MLB Network Radio. Let's go there next. MLB Network Radio, obviously, on SiriusXM and their app and 
uh, and MLB's coverage. Um, the Nationals are obviously the defending champs. And as we end the month of May, we don't have a clear idea if they're going to get something worked out right now. Gut feeling from you, Grant. Are they going to get something the owners and players resolved where we start playing baseball, let's say, by July to get some of the season in? What is your assessment and prediction? I do think they play baseball this summer. I just think there's way too much at stake for Major League Baseball to be gained. you know, And, and frankly, there's way too much on the other side of that to lose. Now, will it be by July? No, obviously not. I mean, because here we are on the precipice of June, and they haven't even figured out the financials yet, let alone getting the teams back to camps and ramping the season back up with a protocol for how they're going to navigate the rigors of the first-ever season amid you know, a COVID-19 pandemic. Having said all that, I think it's still very realistic and plausible that sometime in mid to maybe two-thirds into later July, if you will, when you approach July 20th, something like that, uh, that they're able to get the season started. And I just refuse to believe that the owners, billionaires, the players, millionaires, aren't going to be able to find a way to come together to make this work. I think that it would be a black eye on this sport that would linger for years and years and years if they're not able to play, not because of, health and medical officials saying that they can't, but because they can't agree on money. And right now, you know this, I mean, the players are between a rock and a hard place because people oftentimes hold against players during work stoppages that they're holding out for more, particularly at a time when a lot of people are losing jobs and taking pay cuts and and not knowing how they're going to feed their families for the next several weeks. But the bottom line is they agreed to a deal with owners that the owners are going back on right now. Yes. Very clearly, they said, look, we'll take a prorated portion of our salary for whatever number of games we play. If we play 81 of 162, you give us 50%. If we play 80, it's a little bit less than that, and all down the line. And the owners agreed to that, too. And that's when spring training stopped. Well, now, because fans aren't going to be in the stands, and the owners know that, and the less revenue's coming in, they'd like to take that prorated deal that they talked about crumble it up and they've offered them the ability to make considerably less than the prorated portion they've already agreed upon so the players are not particularly the bad guys here i don't know if fans care a whole lot about who's right and who's wrong at a time when they are financially worse off many of them than they've been in a long long time but for that reason i think baseball is going to get right and try to help lead the economic turnaround and the renaissance just from a mental health standpoint in this country throughout the summer. Okay, so let's go over a couple of things on that uh, without getting uh, too dug into all the minutia, but what you just said there at the end is very important. The owners went back on their own deal. What a shock. This has gone on throughout uh, my adult life. You're you're already seeing it now throughout your coverage and your adult life uh, that when owners start bad-mouthing about we're losing money, they're not losing money. Not even in the NHL, which has the least of the television (laughs) deals, are they losing money when they're bad-mouthing about losing money. The next thing is, I totally understand the players' distrust of the owners and the owners' desire to force a salary cap in when you've got players saying, hey, if you can suddenly arbitrarily tell me that instead Instead of prorated money, you're just going to decide that I make 70% less or 80% less of what I'm supposed to make just because you say so. You can use that as precedence in further negotiations. Well, you were willing to do it for 2020. Why are you not willing to do it now in whatever deal we come up with in the future? 
Um, I, I think if I'm the players, Grant, I run this by you. I go on the offensive. I go to the fans. I go to the public and say, we had a deal to come back and play. As you said, pro-rated money for number of games played. We are willing to play for that. The guys that own the teams that don't play the games, nobody pay, nobody pays their money, tunes in on NBC uh, Sports Washington uh, or any of the channels, Fox Sports Florida or Fox TV or Turner or ESPN. Nobody tunes in to watch the owner own a team. They tune in to watch the players play. The players should use that leverage and should say, we are the guys that agreed to this. We're willing to take the prorated money. Make the owners follow through here. Force them to follow through here. Force them to be the bad guy if they don't follow through here. What do you think about me saying be aggressive here and stick to your guns and don't give them a new deal? And let's see if we can't, let's see if that doesn't. I I think the owners are playing games here, trying to see what they can get out of this before some artificial deadline they have in their own minds. What do you think of all of what I just said? TJ, I agree with you a thousand percent. I think every word of it is true and it's gospel. And then I think it's what the players should do. Here's the problem though. I, I'm hoping that they will and, and they should, but I just don't know that fans either educate themselves enough to quite understand it and, or care a whole lot about who's right and who's wrong. What they care about is no baseball. Now mm-hmm. I'll just speak from a conversation I had today with my brother, as a matter of fact, and I was, I was talking about this and I was explaining, he said, I don't care how much money they were told they'd make and they're not going to now make. He said, the bottom line is I've lost part of my gig. I've got buddies who have lost jobs. I'd like to watch baseball. If they don't want to play, I'm going to be mad at them. Now that's how people feel. So I'm not saying that's right. In fact, I would say that it's incorrect as I tried to tell him, but I, I don't think they can necessarily win. Now, it's two different conversations in terms of can they win in the court of public opinion? Probably not. The players rarely do. And what should they actually do, which is to hold out and make the owners move closer to the middle, which I think they will. And to go back to your original question, why I think we'll have baseball, I believe that was the first offer. I think that was the opening salvo. I think like any negotiation, the owners kind of shot for their best shot and saw what happened, and the players are going to stand strong. I would not, if I'm them, though, come back for anything close to what's been offered. So if the owners don't move to the middle and there's no baseball, will I be upset and livid? Of course I will, but I'll be understanding from a player standpoint because the one thing I'd say real quick without being too long-winded is you alluded to this, but I think this needs to be doubled down on. There is a CBA negotiation between these two parties next year. So the NFL just got theirs done, mm-hmm. you know, the big CBA that every decade or so you hear come up. It's a year from now. So whatever they negotiate for during this crisis right now, just to play ball this year, right or wrong, is where the negotiation starts in a year. So if they just, let's say, were the good guys and did the right thing and said, you know what, nothing can help the economy in some of these communities more than getting Major League Baseball back. Nothing would be more beneficial for people's mental health and just the normalcy of the country than this sport, which has guided us through so many awful times in our past. Let's just play ball. Let's sign with the owners put in front of us, and let's, let's just go play for a pittance. Well, the problem is now that's your negotiational starting point in 2021, which is a deal breaker and is an irrefutable disaster for players. So they can't do that. It's not like you've got four or five years to put the toothpaste back in the tube. <laughs> you're doing this now, and then you're back next year at the negotiating table, negotiating from basically watering your salary down by you know, 75% or so. It just doesn't make any sense, and and I think the fans that are plugged in get that, 
The rest won't care. And I think the players just have to not worry and take their lumps long enough to try to get something done here. But I'll say this, one way or the other, whether they play tough or they don't, if there is no baseball, there's no Cowherbkin Jr. streak in 96 and the home run chase in 98 to bring people back in 94. It would be a really big blow for this sport, which is why I think the owners have to think long and hard about that before playing hardball. Uh, A few more moments with Grant Paulson waxing eloquently on all of this stuff. He's out of the Washington, D.C. market. Again, 106.7, the fan. He's on middays there, five days a week. You also see him on NBC Sports Washington, the NBC Sports Network affiliate from Comcast, uh, uh, doing Redskins and Caps pre- and post-game coverage. Um, The NFL appears to be on track. There'll be a lot of uh, optimism around the Redskins when that uh, comes around. That's for sure, but... Uh, you know, for right now, we're wondering when can they get the NBA restarted? They're talking about down here where I am in Florida, Grant, that it might come to Orlando and the Disney Wide World of Sports, and they might only play the playoffs. Let me let me hit you with that. If it's only uh, the playoff teams, we were talking about this earlier uh, here on the podcast with Brian Edwards, that you basically have a clean eight. Uh, in front of the nine in both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. It's not like it's a tie, and you would have to use a tiebreaker, et cetera, et cetera. So you've got the one through eight, and the eight and the nine is clean. And the one seed is clean in both conferences, and even the two seed is clean in both conferences. So my point is, you can say the regular season has been over with right now for two-plus months, going on three months whenever you restart so the regular season is over. Just play with 16 teams, come to one location, hammer it out over the course of probably four, five, maybe six weeks, depending on length of series. Are you fine with that, with the hoops resuming at some point, June, July, and the NBA? Yeah, I think the word you use that's perfect is I am fine with it. Do I love it? No. Do I like it? No. But I think people have to understand someone's getting screwed here, right? In everything that we do now, There is going to be a team that feels like they're getting jobs. There will be fans collectively in one base. There's none of this is going to be perfect and harmonious. This is the movie Argo, which is a great film that won the Academy Award, one of my favorite (laughs) movies, by the way. But it's the best of a lot of bad ideas. Like we don't have any good ideas. I love I love the movie. I love the movie. It's Brian Cranston (laughs) playing the CIA guy with Ben Affleck, and he looks right at the two guys that he describes as like the old guys from the Muppets up on the balcony. He says, "That's who we have to pitch (laughs) this to." And he looks with a straight face and says, "Sir, this is the best of the bad ideas that we." have that's about what we that, that's a great reference that's to it. argo this is the best Thank of the you, bad ideas i mean yeah. that's what this is this is the best of the worst of the ideas and it's all we got so yeah and here's one if you want a silver lining out of this here's what it would be to me is that it's not all that convoluted it's a lot tighter and tidier in terms of what we just talked about with two dozen teams in hockey and i think you are also looking for something succinct you want to pack as many games into a short time as possible for TV purposes, uh, to get all the fans back watching and engaged. You don't want this lingering for months on end, which the playoffs typically do anyway. And there is a concern. And look, I don't know enough. I'm not uh, Fauci, right? But there is a concern supposedly that there could be more issues looming in the fall. So a lot of these sports, whether you buy it or not, would like to be done before then anyway. For that reason, I would say, TJ, that the NBA probably has the best chance you know, you get to do this quicker. You don't have to worry as much about the fall and a second wave. And if you're quarantining these guys or keeping them away from their families potentially in a, a bubble-type situation, 
the, the quicker you get it done, the better, the more willing your superstars are going to be to participate, as we've seen in baseball where guys don't want to go months not being around their families, understandably. So for that reason, yeah, I think 16 teams keeping it night, neat and tidy, like you said, eight in each side, I think that could work. Yeah, and again, the NBA, all of this is fluid. Uh, the NBA is saying, on uh, as we're recording this for Three Dog Thursday, that uh, they would be willing to entertain immediate family members can be with you in this Orlando biodome. They can't venture outside the biodome while this month, five weeks, six weeks plays on because they're going to be constantly tested and they want people to be sequestered. Look, it would be there are a lot worse uh, options Do to the come kids to get to ride the rides. I don't, I don't know, know if works. you get to ride the rides because they are announcing that Disney <laughs> will be reopening with with modifications with with uh, uh, PPE masks uh, with limited crowds some point in June. Later in June, they're going to open back up. But there are worse places you could be sequestered right now with this uh, if this was to play out. And, and I'm with you that 16 teams not. Not 24 like the NHL, uh, and less games to play means you can probably get this done quicker. We'll see if the NBA uh, can, in fact, do this. All right, uh, listen, I have had a blast talking with you on all of these subjects. We haven't even really gotten to the NFL and college football, but we believe they are on track to at least play some. I'll hit you with one more, more so college than the NFL. I just wonder if they're not wasting an opportunity for college football to be playing in August. And the NFL should have maybe considered, instead of four preseason games, uh, just go into a couple of them and then start the regular season for the same thing that you articulated in August. Again, nobody made me king to, to wave a magic wand, but taking advantage of August, in particular for college football, might be something to consider. But apparently they're, they're going to march on with trying to start in September, but it would seem to me that August might make a lot of sense. So I'll hit you with that one more, that football in August might not be a bad thing for college football, but they're apparently not going to consider yeah, it, that. It, you're kind of debating, right, to come in now or wait and get your tires later. When, when do you go to pit lane? Are you, are you worried about kind of letting <laughs> this thing die down as long as you can and, and start in September with the idea being by then we're in the clear and everything's behind us and then risk the potential for what could be looming? You know, I, I think you're, you're – Debating between all of the smartest people in the room that you can talk to, and, and those people obviously are way more educated and plugged in and know a lot of things that I don't. But what I would say is I think that particularly on the college level, TJ, I think there is concern still about whether or not kids are going to be on campus. Are you admitting uh, you know, your full number of students back? Which schools are going to be playing and which aren't? I still believe there's going to be, believe it or not, you know, conferences where some of the schools are playing and others aren't. I think it's going to be really Hey, I'll interject. I'll interject. Very possible. Very possible that with a lot of these conferences, some or most are playing and some or not. I think the SEC is going to try to have every team play, and they may do away with the out-of-conference games. We've talked about that on this podcast. I've talked about it in other places, and you guys probably have been kicking it around on the Grant and Danny show, too. But you may see Big Ten, ACC markets, because some of these markets, Rutgers out of the Big Ten, uh, the ACC has got Boston uh, as a market. I mean, you may not, they may not be able to play. They may not be, they may not go possible. May not go for it. But, so but you, here's the big yeah. problem with that for these schools. And you know this because you, you've, you know, you've called some of the biggest games college football over the years, and you, you've been involved in the college side of things. College football financially allows for every other program to exist. Yep. And if you just boil it down and rip everything away, without college football, there is no lacrosse. You know, there is no field hockey. There is no swimming. There's 
a good chunk of money made off of the college basketball tournament, which, by the way, didn't happen for all those schools this year. So that's already money that they're missing. If you don't have a college football season, people aren't even prepared for the number of teams that will be done away with entirely. And devastating. I'm talking the word, about the word is devastating. School. This isn't. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to change the game. So I'm not here to, to force anyone into doing anything they're not comfortable doing. I don't have all the answers. I won't pretend to. What I do know is if there is no college football, athletics at the NCAA level will not be the same for a long, long time. And that's well said. In a lot of these schools' cases, even in the Power Five, much more so than, than the Power Five, the group of five, but in the, even in the Power Five, 60 70% of their entire athletic revenue is the college football team. And if they don't play, doomsday, crippling, devastating, whatever adjective you want to use, let's see if they figure it out. And I, I think they will play. Hopefully, most, if not all, without a flare-up of the of the seasonal flu, uh, of influenza and COVID nineteen. But we can't predict that for November, December, when the traditional flu season and maybe coronavirus comes back. So I just wonder about the utilization of August. We'll keep kicking that around. Who knows? Um, and again, if they're intending to play in empty stadiums anyway, you can play on as long as you continue to test. Depending on what happens, that's a whole other complicated story for another day. This guy has done a fantastic job. It has been far too long since I have tapped uh, Grant Paulson. Again, uh, plug away on where they find you, where they hear you, because this is a treat. And, and I want people to hear much more of you if they don't know how and where to find you. No, TJ, it's been fun catching back up, and I appreciate it. Yeah, you can uh, listen via radio.com, thefandc.com, uh, 106.7 The Fan in D.C. Daily, and uh, check me out on Twitter at Grant H. Paulson. Yeah, so go check out The Jedi. He once was the young Jedi when I was around with him at SiriusXM, and I dubbed him that, and he would come in all the time and talk enough stuff. This guy all over the minor league baseball. What's going to happen with the minor leagues, and are they are they going to be taken care of? Are we going to even have minor league baseball? Don't know. This guy's all over the minor league. He was telling me about minor leaguers that would become stars in the major leagues like the next year or the year after. He is on it in the D.C. area. He is Grant Paulson. A treat to have you. Good luck with all you're doing with the broadcast endeavors. Proud of you. Proud of uh, of being a, a husband and a dad through this craziness. Uh, it thrills me that, uh, that you've moved on. Thank you uh, for sharing time with me on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Keep knocking them dead. My pleasure, TJ. Be well, buddy. Great catching up. And that will do it for this edition of Three Dog Thursday. My thanks again to our guest all the way back at the beginning of the show, Brian Edwards, with me from MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider. Again, he's got much more insight on the UFC fight card coming Saturday night in Las Vegas as we're wrapping up the month of May. Check out again on MajorWager.com those quarterback rankings for college football that we were debating. Follow him at VegasBEdwards on Twitter. Also, Grant Paulson here. Love Grant's insight. Uh, the Grant and Danny Show weekday afternoons on 106.7 The Fan, the Intercom Station, the Washington, D.C. All-Sports Station, hosting on uh, Capitals when they resume pre- and post-game on NBC uh, Sports in the Washington, D.C. area, the NBC Sports Cable Channel from Comcast. Uh, the same with the Redskins season when it comes up. Love Grant's insight. He did a fantastic job. Check him out and follow him. And again, if you have not, subscribe to this show. Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, wherever you find podcasts, subscribe. It's going to come automatically to you. No matter if you found us through sportsgamblingpodcast.com, 
uh, through their uh, network feed of shows on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, however you found us through a social media link, subscribe. The show comes automatically to you on Thursday. Special uh, edition of the program, previewing things for Father's Day next weekend. Looking forward to that in the first week of June when we get back here on Three Dog Thursday. For now, we are done. We get some sports back. We're looking forward to all of it. As always, follow this show at Three Dog Thursday or ThreeDogThursday.com. I'm TJ Reeves. Stay safe. And it's reasonable to start talking about sports and seeing sports resume. I'm all for it. We thank you for being with me here on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.